You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Waterloo. To find out more, visit oasiswaterloo.org. Hi everyone, I'm Hosanna. Um, I've worked in tech for over a decade and these are some of the logos that the companies I've worked for and I currently work for the one with the big green logo in the middle there. Um, and I am so grateful to be here today. But to be honest, uh, when Nath first asked me to uh, speak as part of this sermon series, I said, are you sure? <laughs> so um, before we get started, I'm going to do a little bit of a survey of the audience based on the question Dave asked. So if everyone, lots of QR codes today. We love a good QR code moment. Um, so you can either scan the QR code or go to menti.com and enter that code. I'll give everyone a second before I switch over. Did everyone? Okay, it looks like lots of people got it. Awesome. So I see like communication, ooh, data science, that's exciting. Teaching, teamwork, medical, persuading. I want to talk to that person. <laughs> Uh, teamwork, empathy, negotiation, listening. So I wanted to ask this question because, um, like I said, when Nath asked me, I felt like, why, wait a second, why am, why am I being asked to be here? And I think potentially maybe that's part of the point. But you see, my, fa- my family is like the Women's World Cup Lionesses MVP team of this faith and work topic. My dad is a teacher. He's been a distinguished teacher for 30 plus years. He's also been an elder. Then we have my sister, who is a nurse who literally saves lives every day and is also a queer activist in her church community. But the crowning jewel is my mom, who has worked in the nonprofit sector for over 25 years and has worked with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and other really critical foundations helping with AIDS advocacy and advocating for better public health for women in particular in developing countries. Um, And so from my perspective, I see my parents and my family living out their faith every day. And sometimes it's hard for me to see that connection to my faith. Um, It's not always quite as clear. Um, So, but, Again, maybe that's the point. Uh, You see, I don't have the skills as my sister or my parents, and but maybe you identify with me. Maybe you work in the office or as a gardener or doing persuasion somewhere, and uh, you struggle to see how your faith connects to your work. Um, But hopefully, I have a few things, uh, thoughts about how I think about my faith at work that I'd like to share with you today where ministry doesn't have to be your calling in order to connect your faith with work. And we can still make the world a better place. Uh, Wow. Awesome. 
So my first big idea is that Christians are needed in all industries and professions. Um, in 2008, just by the way, a lot of my examples are gonna be US focused and I apologize for that. <laughs> um, in 2008, the US and the globe uh, suffered one of the worst financial uh, recessions in recent history. And when they were unpacking the cause of uh, why the financial meltdown actually happened, um, it was that there were uh, these large financial institutions basically giving out predatory loans to people who could never actually afford to repay those loans. And then they were obfuscating, repackaging, and reselling those loans out into the stock market to in, uh, improve their, their profits. And I'll never forget the day when we were sitting around the TV as a family watching the stock market melt down, uh, worried about our family's jobs when we had just moved to the Bay Area from Seattle, uh, when we were thinking about that we might lose our home, that we, my parents lost a lot of their retirement savings. And my mom turned to my sister and I and said, where were the Christians in the room? Where were the people who knew finance enough to actually understand what was going on and challenge the system and say, this is not right? From that moment, they're not yet, Costco is not yet. Um, from that moment, um, I also can think about some positive examples actually from Costco. Costco is my favorite company in the world. It was actually my first word. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with Costco, there's five locations in London and I'm a frequent uh, visitor of them. Um, but Costco is a, basically a big warehouse similar to like Little. And um, it's actually a positive example of Christians and faith in the workplace. This, uh, the co-founder, uh, Senegal, is actually earns um, 300,000 US dollars a year as a CEO, which can sound like a lot, but to understand that the average Fortune 500 company CEO is over a million dollars every year. Um, and what he does is he, he has a policy where he says, it's actually morally wrong for me to make over a certain multiplier as my lowest paid salary employee. And what he's able to do with that is he gives, um, they make, his average workers make over double the minimum wage. They have paid time off and they have healthcare benefits, which in the US is not a right and is a very, very rare thing to actually um, exist. And so there's examples of like where faith is needed and there's been some examples where faith is active and present in corporations. Um, and I just think about the new challenges and the always ongoing crises that we have as a, as a world. This photo is taken from um, the White House a couple weeks ago. This is the uh, Council on AI to the president, and, and again, in the US, apologies. Um, and I look at this photo, and of the men here, there's actually only one ma uh, person, Mustafa uh, Suleiman, who is a person of faith represented. There's lots of kind of challenges I see with this photo, the lack of diversity um, represented, and also the lack of potential uh, faith backgrounds represented in this photo. And so I 
hear that echo of my mom's question in my head and say, where are the Christians in the room? Where are the Christians who know AI, who can make informed decisions on how we move forward with these extraordinarily powerful technologies that are currently unregulated? The second point I'd like to make is that ministries need your skills. Um, so in 2017, I desperately wanted to be dating someone. And so I watched this TED talk from this woman who is a data scientist who used her analytical skills to hack the algorithm of how to best find a partner who she was looking for. And inspired by said TED Talk, I created a similar spreadsheet that mysteriously I cannot find anymore. Um, and uh, based on that spreadsheet, realized I needed to, based on my criteria, uh, needed to meet about like 500 men or so, like in the, in the span of uh, 2017 to give myself the probability to meet the person um, I wanted to meet. And so I signed up for uh, the hospitality team at my previous church. Uh, so yeah, not proud to admit that. <laughs> and um, after about a year of serving, lo and behold, I didn't go on a single date with any person I met um, at my time serving on hospitality. Uh, but what did happen is I was sitting preparing the coffee before uh, the night service. And I uh, have very rarely felt this, but I just felt a very strong, clear voice from the Holy Spirit saying um, to, for me to go up to one of the ministers at the church and um, tell him that I was a computer science software engineer at the time and that I could use, that I had tech skills that I could offer. And uh, I knew it was not, I, I was pretty sure it was the Holy Spirit because I hate talking to people I don't know and I hate putting myself out there. <laughs> so I was like, really, are you sure? And then it was like very clear. Um, and so I work up my courage and I go over to talk to this person who I've never talked before to in my life. And I say, hey, um, I, don't, I don't really know, but I, I'm a software engineer. I'm not sure if this is needed at a church, but just, I felt like I needed to share that with you. And he stops and he says, oh my gosh, yes, of course, like we do need that. We actually just lost some church staff and need someone to come in and help us figure out how we're going to meet the gap from bridging new people in and giving them, getting them connected in community. What ensued was a three-month kind of consulting project about how we could use technology to better pair people um, into, into community much faster, which then led me to get invited to a church offsite that I, again, really did not want to go to, um, at, but at which I met my uh, now husband, Eli, who read <laughs> So basically what I'm saying is you volunteer for ministry, you will find the partner of your dreams. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but what I am saying is that uh, we can, uh, sorry. What I am saying is that organizations need your finance, accounting, 
persuasion, photography, HR, carpentry, climate weather prediction, simulation prediction skills. Uh, you don't have to be in ministry full-time to help the church. Um, in fact, if you were in ministry full-time, you wouldn't have the skills you have now that churches and NGOs need. Um, you have the opportunity to bring, to uh, give ministry your unique and valuable perspective. So I'm gonna go back to the mentee and just highlight I just want to highlight like how many skills here that our church could benefit from significantly um, in driving our 2030 vision that you know the, the church is going to be sharing in September. You see, I think why Nath asked me to speak is because I'm using my crazy spreadsheet-loving analytical skills to not find a life partner, but find, to help Oasis a few hours a week turn their goals into actions by organizing people together around shared vision. And every time we meet up, Nath tells me it's extremely helpful and it's the best thing I hear all week. So I just want to close with um, which of those skills that you submitted up there could you use to tactically help Oasis achieve its 2030 vision and have the courage to talk to some of your church leaders and get involved. Thank you so much.